This is like she's walking. It's like she's walking. It's a podcast. Hey everyone, hey. this is like trees walking. I am Michael J. Nelson. I am David Berge. And if you're new to this, this is a podcast. <laughs> Welcome. It's a, a technology where people tell stories and no. Okay. Yes. How far back should we go? You are a human being. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this is a podcast where Dave and I, Dave Berge, the aforementioned, yes. and four introduced, and I, Michael J. Nelson, uh, talk about big, important issues in life. Huge. Yes. The meaning of life. Often, we springboard off of small things that seem small, and then, boy, they mushroom into the big things of life, don't they? They do. Yeah. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So we will chew those over and discuss those. We, uh, unabashedly and unashamedly, come I'm from not a- ashamed. Christian perspective. I'm not ashamed to that, admit it. That is correct. I'm a Christian, a follower of Christ. Yes. Uh, Ooh. I know. Those, I went there. Those words. I went there. You said the name. I know. Ooh. Yes, me too. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe his worldview was the correct worldview, and his teachings were uh, correct about how the universe works. However, given all of that, don't yes. be scared. Don't, don't, I don't, don't snap it off quite yet. Because we talk about things that are important to everyone, and uh, us talking through it will maybe get you to clarify your own thoughts on the world, because we're all stuck with this world, we're in it, we're, we're living in it, we think we, we have the guy who knows about it the best, and yes. so we follow this chap. <laughs> that, uh, this I, chap. I, I don't mean to be blasphemous, I'm no. sorry, forgive me. Um, and, but, chap. And, but however... We uh, we welcome you to listen because I think it has uh, importance to everyone. That's my long-winded. I love it. Now we have shorter. We have little quick takes, but we've used like those a lot. Takes. So yeah, so long this is... takes sort of help you get into what we're about. Yeah, we think that these conversations we are having are substantive and are beneficial to everyone who gets to listen and think along with us that can eavesdrop on our conversation about these yes. big questions. And feel free to, you know, vehemently disagree to rage against us as you're listening and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But at least maybe it'll help you to think about how you think about things. Yeah, roll your eyes, uh, you know. Spit your coffee out. <laughs> if we inspire any spit takes, that would be... Oh, man. Please send those in if, you, if you've got this. Before we get into the big question, can I say one thing? I'm a huge fan of spit takes. Have you ever just done them with people at a table, at a public table? Uh, it's because it takes a lot of bravery, but it, it used to be a comedian thing when you were sitting up at 2.30 in the morning and someone would hand you the check. You would see them coming and you would time your big glass of water so no one could see you taking the drink of water. And then the check would be handed to you and you would spray the whole table with your spit take. And Every comedian loved it. Come on. That is what's good not humor. To love? What's, what's not to love? <laughs> and you then know? you would yell out really loud, for what? And, uh, and the waiter would be scared. And, you know. <laughs> I love a spit take. What can I say? No, they're, the spit takes are the best takes. Yeah, they don't use them anymore. It's a classic. On-air production meeting, I sound a little quiet in my own headphones. In your own? Yeah, really? in my own. Well, yeah. Can you pop me you up are, just a Your bit? sound levels are looking good. Why don't you okay. reach over? Yeah, and your headphone level is right there. You're number yeah. two on the headphone, and maybe that got nudged down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh, now that's much better. Thank See, you. Mike. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Uh, we'll edit that out. Nah, no, we don't, we don't have that it. capability. Leave it. <laughs> All right. So here's people, the rundown of the show. Yes. People wait. often this you inspires me. People often ask how we edit this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy answer. We don't. We don't. I am running the boards right now. I am uh, looking at the computer. I can see the waveform. Your waveform is looking oh, good thanks. today. That's it's looking great. plump. It's looking very. <laughs> what? Well, you want it to be nice, and okay. you don't want it to be a thin, spidery trail no, of a no. waveform. You want it to be nice and and plump. Abraham Lincoln's voice would have been thin and reedy. I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> it was notable, right? It was notable. What was also notable is that he spoke at a very slow pace. So your average. Uh, I just read this like two days ago. Um, by this James White, I think is his name. Um, he's written a lot about Lincoln as the orator. Um, and uh, uh, examining his, really exegeting Lincoln's speeches to see what was it that made him so great. But one thing that made him notable in his day was the slowness of his delivery. Your average human speaks, I think, 150 to 160 words a second. Lincoln was notable for giving his speeches at 110 word per minute clip. Ooh, I'll skip that speech. Thank you. More delivery, yeah. But four score and seven years ago. How long is this Gettysburg address, <laughs> which is famously like in speech terms is like a tweet. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you like, a, it's like, is it like not even 300 words or something like that? It's very short. Yeah. You know, along those lines, I was a big fan when I was a high schooler, and I think many people are, of the poet Robert Frost. And then in college, I went to the library to find some of his recordings where he recorded his own poems and like on 78s or whatever. Yeah. And I, I expected, of course, you know, you know, maybe the the flinty accent, but like, whose woods these are? I think I know. You know, but it it comes on and the scratching, and I was like, oh, this is my hero. This is Robert Frost. It's going to be great. Whose woods these are? I think I know. His house is <laughs> in the village. It was just awful. Like this reedy, horrible voice. No intonation. No. He just read through him like it was a laundry list, and he was trying to get it over with. Very disappointing. Lincoln Frost, you've let us down. Try to be better next time. <laughs> Anyway, we have the big topic of the day, which we'll get to very, very quickly mm-hmm. now. But uh, And then in the second half, we have a new department. Very exciting. Um, there was an old department called Why Doesn't Mike Like, where I would grouse about things, and Dave would laugh at me and mock me for my not liking things that other people like. Well, guess what? Star Wars? How can you not like Star Wars? The worm has turned. We have ah. discovered that Dave, Dave doesn't, he has a beef with a lot of things, and uh, huh. And we're going to examine that in our new department, Why Doesn't Dave Like? I feel like our Gripes episode kind of, uh, kind of opened that, you know, exposed that, opened that window, shifted the Overton window. To yeah, make this possible. I, think, yeah. I think you're the crab here. Let's, let's get that. I might be. <laughs> Probably am. All right. So the big topic today, this is uh, prompted by, you know, something of a small thing. This is an article that came out in uh, a couple of days ago. I guess it doesn't matter because we're, ta- we're time-shifting on a podcast, right? Um, this is from Psychology Today, and the article, uh, Dave, I just have the text of it. What do you have? What's the title, and then what's, uh, what's his name, the guy who wrote this for yes, Psychology yes. So Today? So this was written by Michael E. Price, Ph.D., um, and the title of the article is, Does Science Really Say There's No Purpose to Life? Question mark. And then the subhead is, a new paper addresses the purpose of life from a cosmological perspective. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, even for a for a headline. That's a bit uh, that's a bit murky. So we'll we'll dive into this. But I, I 
promise you it is pretty easy and profound. Uh, this is the opening, uh, opening line of this, uh, this chap's uh, article on Does Science Say There's No Meaning to Life? Does humanity exist to serve some ultimate transcendent purpose? Conventional scientific wisdom gives the answer as a definitive no. <laughs> All right. So we're only one sentence, well, we're two sentences in, and we have, uh, there is no purpose to life according to science. Uh, Dave, agree, <laughs> disagree? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, broadly speaking, this is a, a pop a, a pop psychology article, yeah. so I guess he's uh, trying to get to the... psychology today. I mean, it's a... It's it, this is a notable publication, yeah, you know. Yeah, this, this is, is not is... like some rag. Uh, yeah, so this is but in, in two sentences he dismisses the idea that there could be any purpose to life. So this is, um, I mean, this is kind of why we do this podcast uh, is because stuff like this is out there, and I, I mean, you know, perish the thought that one would think being a professional in uh, the field of human psychology, you know, human thought, uh, would, you'd have to go start, like, this is your starting point, you know? And I think that, I mean, perhaps a more honest answer would be, you know, do, do, do humans exist to serve some ultimate, uh, and transcendent purpose? Um, that the, the answer would be, uh, conventional science has, no insights into that. <laughs> yeah, you know, are, we can't answer that. That's beyond the purview beyond the of conventional science. Conventional science says, hey, we can't answer that. So there's a, a field just called, I guess, capital S science, and it says, we have spoken. There is no meaning to life. How can they know? <laughs> it's absurd. So anyway, that's how it starts. And then the, the bulk of the piece is about, and, and please check it out yourself, obviously, and, and read. It's pretty short. It's maybe, I don't know, 1,200 words yeah. or something like that. Um, it, uh, it goes on to talk about a fella named Smolin, S-M-O-L-I-N, whose theory to sort of combat that idea. So he sets up the idea. Science says no. Yeah. They would say that the only, there's no transcendent purpose. The only purpose of human life is survival and propagation, I guess. Yes. That's not ultimate or transcendent. And so to combat that is another idea, and certainly not anything to do with religion. This is an idea based on Lee Smolin's theory of cosmological natural selection, Mm. which he uh, fleshed out in his 1992 book, The Life of the Cosmos. It's a tough read, but... (laughs) I have not read this book. I'll admit that right now. I've not uh, dived into the ideas therein, but he does uh, give them a little thumbnail sketch here. This is the idea that, uh, I'll, I'll just quote it here, it's pretty quick. In a multiverse, so he's, he's proposing the multiverse theory. There are, uh, an, there's not just one universe, but there's an infinite number of possible yes. universes. Our universe exists as just one in a vast population of replicating universes, a multiverse. In a multiverse, Smolin reasoned, universe designs that were better at self-replication would achieve greater representation. And if black holes were the mechanism for self-replication, he reasoned further. Did he reason further? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to editorialize quite yet. Then selection would favor universes that contained more black holes. You follow? In other words, <laughs> sure. what he's saying is, uh, as a scientist, he's saying we have to, there has to be some reason that life exists. And so black holes are the mechanism for it that keep creating universes, and we just happen to live in the universe that is most advantageous for 
human life or life at all, in fact. And so it is a form of Darwinian selection uh, wherein I guess the black holes are the ones sort of doing are sort of the engine of choice of the, the selection. What does this have to do with the transcendent purpose of human life? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, what, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? And I'll, I'll give you mine after that. Uh, when you hear that black holes are the cause. And, and, and this is, you know, this is his book. This is not a, uh, I'm sure this is a peer-reviewed thing. And maybe he's just throwing out possible things. And we, of course, need more study and blah, blah, blah. But, but this guy from Psychology Today, a Ph.D., uh, I believe he's from England, is reacting to this and saying, yeah, that's a good, that's a good start. Well, what, here, go ahead. Do you have well, any reaction to it, or do you want me to? I want you to react. My just initial reaction, can I, do you have the whole article there? Yeah, yeah, can you I, can peruse yeah, that. I, I, well, I, I, I did read it beforehand, and uh, I love, because I think that basically you read this article, and you're saying, okay, he's going to purport to provide some, sign, you know, quote, I'm going to scare quote here, a scare quote, scientific you know, transcendent purpose. Like, oh, yeah. this is beyond just survival or propagation. Here's our bigger purpose that we're here for. He's going to explain how cosmology can help us understand that. And then at the end of the, <laughs> and then at the end, he says, uh, I would start answering. Uh, I would start answering this question right now, but I've already gone too long for a single post. So if you're interested in the topic, I hope you'll stay tuned for future posts. So for me, he doesn't ever get even. He doesn't even sort of come close to suggesting what kind of transcendent purpose he might be explaining or offering in a way that seems satisfactory at all. It's sort of like, there will be one, come back later, wait, there's more. <laughs> and so I thought that there's, when it came to this, there was really no there, there. Yeah, I mean, my first reaction is, what do black holes care whether there's life on some, like he's using it as some sort of selection. Selection is an agency where something likes something or doesn't like something. It selects it based on, on some value. Why would a black hole think that a universe with life in it had more value than, than one that didn't? That I, I don't even, am I insane? Like, why does that have anything to do? Even if that even if there were a shred of evidence that that was true, like, which there isn't. I mean, I think he would admit there's no evidence for a multiverse, scientifically speaking. No. There's not, you can't, we're not looking through telescopes going, ah, there's another one. Through a black hole, there's another universe. If there does happen to be, if that does happen to come out to be true, I would still go, so what? Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> that universe doesn't care anymore about life. That's the point. Like, <sighs> He's kicking the can down the road. You're saying, like, I found, oh, here's the purpose. It, it was like when um, uh, Stephen Hawking said, oh, I found it because there, I came up with negative time and this universe just popped into existence. It's like, well, but what caused the energy that, you know, you're mm -hmm, always, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. come on, you're removing it one further. That's the point. Let's not be children here. That's the point of what God is, is the uncaused cause. It's a philosophical thing. It's not a scientific thing. It's he's the one who causes all the things that happen. And that's not absurd in our worldview if you need something to have caused the universe. And so saying that black holes make a bunch of universes is like saying, I mean, so what? Who cares? So, so there's a, a, a trillion of them. That doesn't do anything for what causes it. And I don't think it speaks to any transcendent purpose for human life other than... No, how could it? <laughs> to him, transcendent is... To me, it doesn't... It, 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 it just says, like, 
like so for him it's not transcendent to say that we life exists to human life exists to beget more life or something like that um uh, or to propagate itself uh and that now our life exists in order to be indicative of a universe that is going to replicate itself into more universes that to me still it doesn't sound like a transcendent purpose in a in any meaningful sense of a existentially meaningful transcendent purpose there's nothing existentially meaningful to me about the fact that my life might be the engine or fuel or necessary condition for some other universe coming into existence or to it's like taking the the absurd notion that like all that animals want to do is put their genes into the next generation. Yeah. It's like, well, well how, that doesn't transcend anything. I mean, that's just observing a system and going, that's what happens, therefore, that's meaningful. Like, you're, it's very circular to me. And saying that about universes doesn't, all it does is enlarge it slightly, but it really, yeah. I mean, conceptually, it doesn't add anything to the to the formula. Like, so what? If you think that black holes create enough universes where we're on the one that's perfect for life like again there's <laughs> i throw up my hands i, I don't hands, understand right now mike's hands are literally thrown up in the air <laughs> what what does that mean and and if to be fair like we haven't read the book but this is an article about the book and says he's sort of saw he's gotten down the road towards solving it with this book and so since the you know, that explanation does not come up in this article. I assume if there's a big idea we're missing, I, d I don't think there is. No. In other words, I don't want to impugn the man's book having not read it, but if this summation of it, yes, if he had come up with it, this guy would be, I assume that would be the lead and not, I'll tell you about it at some future date. It's like, no, if that idea were there, we'd, we'd hear it. That's not a transcendent. Per and I think this is where, but he does say he's a, I think he says in the article that he's a natural, you know, he's a naturalist um, in the, a philosophical naturalist. Yes. The particles, the particles, all there is, is the particles. Right. Uh, and so he's, there is still this innate thirst and quest for a purpose beyond himself beyond the quotidian yeah. realities of survival and implanting one's genes into the next generation but what i think he shows demonstrates in this effort is another failed attempt you can't get there when you start within the strictures of that system a closed system you can't you can't get there you can't get where your heart is yearning to go where you need to go yeah as a human being now what is the chief end of man Right. There right. you can get there to glorify God, to enjoy God forever. There is something transcendent. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't uh, cheat on my wife because in this particular black, the black hole of this doesn't <laughs> want it. I mean, you can't get from the things that we all know, the things, you know, our own thoughts, our own reasoning, our own moral intuitions. You can't get to them from this at least certainly not this attempt i shouldn't make a lying promise because yeah i it just it, it just doesn't add up anyway this just struck me as particularly lame as a as a new attempt to come up to weasel out of what we all know it seems a little he's saying i can get you you know i can get you what you want what you crave here's the answer okay you realize this god stuff it's you know gobbledygook we've got science yeah um which we love science but like within its bounds and and true humble science recognizes its limitations um which just folks seem to have a hard time with that that that, that science necessitates in their mind this totally closed off from god system well 
we realize that leaves a short, sort of an empty, cold, purposeless, pointless existence. Um, and you go, oh man, I can't, I can't have that. So here's this other thing. Here's this other transcendent purpose. See, it's not all bad news. Here's what your life is good for. Here's what you can aspire to. You know, it's sort of like people found stuff inspirational. I never find this inspirational, but maybe we could do another bot on this, like where it's like, you're made of stardust. Yo, I've God, never, I've not, never found that that's awful. inspirational. Yeah. You're made from the same stuff as the stars. In other words, you're just floating garbage debris in the universe, <laughs> in an empty, cold universe that doesn't care. Why is that inspirational? Why is the stardust thing inspirational? Yeah, I don't know. But to me, it's like the, uh, you know, it's some sort of a, a Truman Show thing where they try to, you know, yeah, your life looks like this, but actually it's bigger. There's a, there's a black hole out there controlling it. Like, I, I don't feel better about that. <laughs> and if there's a, a, a guy behind a curtain controlling the black holes, I don't feel better on that. There's obviously something more than that, and we yearn for something more than that, and we intuitively know that there is something more than that. Because we thirst, we crave for a transcendence because we are the creatures of a transcendent being right yeah who i like to call god yes yeah so anyway uh those are the little things that come up that prompt these bigger things and i think it's just uh as you read these little articles we always say that our goals are modest just think about what they're saying they're making giant claims in like a small article they're presuming uh, because they never ever ever mention that there might be a creator of the universe like that is closed off yeah i don't know what would psychology today would they publish sort of like a theistic article what's your transcendent purpose i don't know let's say there's a creator maybe he'd show you one would they you know i don't think it's allowed and i I think that's odd just on its face that investigating the universe that you close off a giant possibility just on i don't know on what basis like i can't deal with it i don't want to hear it um but it, it it's it's logically not closed off no. obviously because you've you you know you're and just look at your alternatives they're not very logical and not well thought out it's odd within the guild within the profession yeah and, and i mean a profession that's working with human thought uh you know that the vast majority of human beings ascribe to some form you know deity or transcendent forces or you know like there's a the god type of belief yeah. is so deeply ingrained in human beings um, that you can sort of reduce that and explain that way. But why aren't there people sort of saying working within that system? Let's say this intuition is true. What might that lead us to in an understanding? It doesn't yeah. seem like that gets no, that represented. Is, that is completely closed off, which I just think is odd. That's Things odd. that make you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hopefully that's uh, made you think a little bit. You can look at the article. You can read the book. Judge for yourself. Uh, come back at us with your answer. Maybe we got it wrong. I don't know. Think about it. And when we come back, a new department. First, a word from the pastor, and then another word from the pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. This is Like Trees Walking. everyone i'm making an appeal an appeal to your heart the goodness of your heart that says that you uh, enjoy this podcast so much that you're going to rate us and review us on uh, apple podcasts um that you are going to share this wherever fine podcasts are sold 
uh, and that would really help us uh, to get the word out and uh, give us feedback that you enjoy what we're doing and you appreciate it. Uh, also, of course, you can interact with us in other uh, virtual spaces. There is LikeTreesWalkingPod.com where you can have an archive of all of our old podcasts and read our bios and find out any information about what's going on. Sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, there will we keep you up to date. Uh, there's the Facebook page, the Twitter feed, at LTWPod, or at Michael J. Nelson, or at David underscore Berge. So those are all the ways that you can connect with us. We appreciate so much the feedback uh, um, that we get. Uh, it warms our, our hearts every time we see that. So thank you so much for listening, for supporting, for sharing the pod. We really do appreciate it. And now let's get back to something where I tell you something that I don't like. And we're back. And this is Like Trees Walking. Uh, Dave... I hope that I got my rant out of the way in the first half. Although I think you share my feelings about that. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't quite know what to say or do. So, summary, Mike. What's our summary of what, what we talked about in the first half of the show? Before I get into that, I don't know what to say or do. You just said, aren't we all? We're all stuck with that. We never know what to say or do, and that's why we, <laughs> that's why we do this podcast. We want to help you learn what to say or do in any situation. Isn't that? <laughs> Thank you for that, Dave. Thank you for reminding me. I don't know what to say or do. That we often don't know what to say or do. We're anyway, trying to uh, figure it out. Yeah, here's my summation of it. Is the, uh, uh, so this article, it's a popular idea. We've talked about the multiverse before. It seems to be gaining traction. There's obviously a book that has just been recently commented on, so it's not a discredited idea. This is a wide, uh, widely held uh, notion in the sciences, and I had the scare quotes up there. Science. You ever notice how you, when you do, you have to physically do the scare quotes yeah. in order to make it work? Sciences. Um but uh, it, it's an absurd idea that just kicks the can down the road. It, it, either there's something transcendent about the universe that transcends. That's the whole point. It transcends the universe. The universe itself can't <laughs> transcend itself. In other words, give me a billion black holes. You still haven't transcended the universe. You're still stuck in the universe. As, as uh, Basil Fawlty says in Fawlty Towers... With something frustrating happens, he bangs his head against a t- typewriter and says, maybe this is a dream. And then when he feels the pain, goes, nope, we're stuck with it. And the, that is, that is the, uh, the truth of the universe. We're either stuck with it, and there's all there is, or there's something transcendent. And I believe the latter. I think I made that clear. Yeah. Anyway. Well said, Mike. Absolutely well said. Th- and, thank you. Dan. That there's no way, when you have a system that's closed off to transcendence, <laughs> yeah. trying to find a transcendent purpose within it <laughs> is a fool's errand. Yes. As, I mean, uh, Mr. So, Price makes a noble attempt. Yeah. But, yeah, sort of definilish, definitionally, yeah. he can't get from his system to there. There's no way to get from here to there. If it's a closed system closed off to transcendent purpose, you ain't going to find one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that should be obvious. That is a dog chasing his tail at but, that point. Good show, old boy. Nice try, chap. Why don't you go back and work on the old blackboard and come up with something new, eh? Brilliant. 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 All right, Dave. Yes. Mike. I am not the only one in this podcast team uh, with a beef. 
Although I think sometimes you like to paint me as the I do. <laughs> I paint you as the curmudgeon, the grouch. I'm you actually come... a I'm a pretty happy guy, right? Yeah, you pop your head out of your trash can and <laughs> grouse about this or that. I do like that there's a guy who carries me around. <laughs> Did you know that in in iterations of Oscar the Grouch, he has someone who just carries him. And I think when they do the on-stage version, like he'll occasionally he'll be in the trash can but there'll be a dude behind him really? carrying. I'd like that. I'd like to have someone carrying <laughs> me around in a trash can, he is, specifically. He is really maybe the most underappreciated Muppet. I think it's a great character. It is, really. It is. It's, uh, and, and I'm glad they never, you know, I'm glad they resisted the temptation to soften him up and make him like Oscar the friend. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to see that they, because the cookie monster didn't even become like the vegetable monster at some no. point or something. No, no, I'm so good or, for Or me. he wasn't allowed to eat cookies or something like he, that. Well, he did. He developed type 2 diabetes. <laughs> it was when he got fatty liver disease. That he, like, Wilford Brimley was like, diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> the, way he's, the way Wilford Brimley says diabetes is just... It's so good. It's an American treasure. It is. He, I love that actor, by the way. Diabetes. Was he on Murder, She Wrote? Like, was he the sheriff in the town of... Oh. Wasn't I don't he? know. I don't, I don't think so. What was the town called? Where Murder, She Wrote took place? I never saw a single episode of Murder, She Wrote. But if Wilford Brimley had been on it, I, I would Cabot, have been alerted Cabot to that. Cove or something like that? Dude, I watched My, my Google so alerts would have gone off. much. I watched so much. Why are you watching Murder, She Wrote? Are you a 70-year-old woman? What is <laughs> yeah, happening? Because my every Sunday, my, my dad especially would watch 60 Minutes. And then right after 60 Minutes was Murder, She Wrote. So it was a natural So you were leave. powerless to get up and yeah. not watch Murder, She Wrote. It was like, oh, well, let's see what <laughs> stuff happens in Cabot Cove this week. It was really good. I loved Murder, and it, she And it was true. That, I mean, the cliche is that wherever she went, a murder happened, which you know, I guess you know, that's the premise yes. of the show. But, it, but there was never any variation on that. It wasn't like an episode where it's... Murder, she wrote, goes to Hawaii. And then nothing happens, but they just sort of mess around in Hawaii. They might have gone somewhere. Was there like a... I'm trying to think if there was a Murder, she wrote spinoff with like a nun, if that was a spinoff or a separate show. Oh, the the the, the Father Doyle or whatever. Our sister, Roberta. Sister, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot of clergy running around solving murders back in the 80s. Inspired by Father Brown. The great G.K. Chesterton. All right, Dave, here's our new theme song for our new department. Why doesn't Dave like, which is a very original title. Here we go. Here's the theme. Yep, I swear this is the theme. Here's the theme. Here's your YouTube for you. All right, there we go. It's funky. Listen to those horns. <laughs> there you go that's your theme song it's uh eight bars of sort of generic kind of soul funk and then the word dave, dave. so dave dave of the song dave what's your beef man what's what's going on why don't you like this thing that everybody universally <laughs> acknowledged as the greatest thing in the world and that is giant puppets that go on out on the streets on like May Day and, and among other things. Oh, I think giant that, stick puppets, right? 
I think I will be. I think I'll have many people in my camp on this one. On I don't that. know. I have never met a person who doesn't <laughs> love giant puppets. Giant puppets. They are singularly one of the most hideous and terrifying creations from the depths of the darkness of the human imagination. Let's try to paint the picture of what they are, though. I think people are aware of these. We're not talking about the giant puppets of, say, Mardi Gras, kind no. of. Uh, oh, I just hit my mic. Did you hear that? I that did. Was my glasses was good being thunk. whipped off in thought. <laughs> and now Mike's biting the, biting the end of the bow. And then I'm about to point the bow at him and accuse him. Where were you on the night of September 13th? One, one more question. Uh, yeah, so the May Day puppets specifically. This is yeah. a tradition in kind of uh, the, the the communist kind of, right? I think so. I think, it, yeah, I think that there's a, yeah, because May Day, of course, is the workers, you know, workers' holiday. So we right. celebrate and honor the workers of the world. Um, in Minneapolis, uh, this, this is a, they have a big May Day parade uh, in the Powderhorn neighborhood. Lots of people love this in Minneapolis. I do not. <laughs> Because of these giant puppets. Why do you hate so much? And these giant puppets, what shape do they take? They are like, they take all sorts of shapes, but they just, they look as if like something evil were taking over the world that these giant puppets would but, be a manifestation. But are they human? Are they animal? Are they both? They're both. Are they grotesqueries? They're grotesqueries. They are grotesqueries. So they're just these exaggerations of uh, human characteristics. I would say there's some, yeah, so they started out as kind of this workers thing, but somehow it's also merged into sort of, I would say, like these neo-pagan um, type of things, too. I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. Yeah, no, like, I think that's true. Like animals and like, you know, this, you know, great spirit and Gaia. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just not into that crap, man. Like, like, like I'm cool with animals and like the earth and being green, like more power to you, man. But when you're getting like these like neo-pagan, like soul-sucking puppets in my face, I, I can't. I can't do that. I, I think can't it's, get down I, with that. I agree with you. I mean, we were talking about the Muppets. The Muppets are adorable. They teach lessons. They're, yeah. they're uh, obviously they're well voiced, and their characters are well sketched out. Giant puppets seem like a weird threat on humanity. Yes, in some they're way. ominous. <laughs> they, if you see them, I'm sorry. Objectively, these things are ominous. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're coming for you. Yeah. Like, oh, Dave. And, like, I, that one would actually pursue you and take you up in its claws and stuff it into its maw. And how are they uh, How are they run? Like, is it a three-person operation I for a so. giant puppet where the ones that kind of wear in the whole thing and then the two giant rod arms? Yeah, it's or... like people wa- – I don't know. It's like – And they're know? usually the people running them are, like, sort of nude or shirtless or whatever, right? <laughs> kind of green. You think of, like – I mean, you were talking, like – Dreadlocks and unshowered. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. Body the, piercings. You know, right? it's like yeah, this is, these are. <laughs> yes, you just rare, very rarely see like a uh, you know a Wall Street guy in a in a power tie running one of these puppets. I'm, I'm, if I'm generalizing, I apologize. <laughs> I, Maybe there are many. Someone shows many like shows you all these pictures. I'm like, hey, running giant puppets. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, and I don't. Gordon Gecko. If, yes, if I have offended, I am sorry. No, but, but it's, it's but true. yeah, 
the giant puppets. So yeah, there is, and I've actually been at. Uh, I was at. I will. I will. I'm going to be vague here, uh, but I was at an ecclesiastical gathering which prominently featured giant puppets. Oh no! And I just. I what almost, does one do? I almost had to leave. And I think this is actually not. If you like. Um, People who are Catholic um, kind of joke sometimes about the giant puppets of doom or whatever. That like it's it's not an uncommon thing necessarily in certain uh, church like uh, that. It's an expression. It's seen in some circles. People who love them see this as an expression of pageantry um, and an, a fitting form of pageantry for a, a sacred gathering. Whereas I see these as uh, an abomination, um, <laughs> and and they make me want to run screaming in the other direction. Uh, and I would like to, for all you puppeteers out there, I know that at least 20% of our audience is <laughs> classical puppet trained. Um, the the term puppet comes from poppet, right? Which I believe was something to do with like a small finger thing. So I'm just wondering if the giant puppets, like do they violate the poppet code? Poppet? It's is that a like little what, poppet. Is that yes. what the British people say? Come here, poppet? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a small, cute thing, I believe. I believe that's sort of built in to the explanation. Not that something can't evolve, but I feel like it's, a, it's such a stark violation of the poppet code. And I would like to have... Is this like the pirate code? Yes. The poppet code? I would like to have some of our poppeteers out there weigh in. I'm sure this is... a. A divisive uh, thing. I, I'm sure if you went to a Reddit board and like, how big should puppets be? R slash like, puppets. That's like 300 pages of just the just the most insane rants against the other side. Am, yeah. The schism within the puppet community. And I think I mean I've always been uh, found puppets sometimes disturbing. Like that they're well, the, the Punch and Judy. I mean, it does not come from a good background. You you know the traditional, no, I don't. No, no, you don't no, know the traditional no. Punch and Judy. No, these are like um, picture. All right, I'll go a little further ahead in time. Lady Elaine Fairchild. Yes, yes. Who uh, as a child, I was very much like she's terrifying. Yes, yes, absolutely terrifying. Yes. I was always bothered and by Lady ambiguously Elaine. gendered, uh, red faced, <laughs> shrieking woman. I, a woman? I, I don't know. I, I think lady, question mark, Lady Elaine. Yeah, but it was very odd. Uh, that comes from the Punch and Judy tradition. It goes way, way back, probably to the uh, Commedia dell'arte and everything with these you're, little you're, characters who would slap each other and the kids were delighted. Like, And they, they would speak. They had a little voice that had no words. It was just like, me, 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 me. And then they'd get in big fights and the puppeteer would smash the other puppet with a little... You know, a slapstick? Yeah. Is that what a slapstick is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, We're uh, learning here, people. That's what Punch and Judy comes from. Ju- it was Punch would be beating up. Judy? Judy. And I believe Punch comes from Punchinella from the uh, Commedia or Teatro dell'Arte. So look that up. But anyway, what I'm saying is that the puppets are uh, a horrible tradition to begin with. And so the Muppets <laughs> is probably the best version of a uh, a warped. There's an original sin in puppetry that cannot be <laughs> that cannot be cleansed totally or cleansed for. <laughs> and and the giant puppets are the horrifying and logical manifestation of uh, the evil that is puppetry. There's That's like my a, theory. There's like a twisted genealogy where uh, there's sort of a, <laughs> there's sort of a Cain and Abel, exactly. and uh, the Muppets are the uh, 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 the Abel portion of the tree, <laughs> right. and the giant puppets are the Cain. They they bear the mark of Cain upon them, and yeah, because yeah, I would say you know the Muppets are, that's like the friendly, you know that that that, that there's a some... kid can approach. 
a, a Muppet, whereas yeah. he could not. A kid's not going to approach one of those giant puppets, nor you know, Punch and Judy. They sit pretty far back, and it's like I'll watch this, whatever yeah. this nightmare show is. Yeah. I'll watch it, but I'm not going up to snuggle with Punch and or Judy. And you know, that's what, for all the extolling of. And I watched a lot of Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood growing up. I mean, make no mistake about it. Loved. You did it for the his fantastic voice work, where he. <laughs> yeah, but oh this is Mr. Rogers as Meow Meow Kitty. <laughs> No, I'm Lady Elaine Fairchild. No, I'm, really, no, really, I'm Daniel. Le- really, Daniel. He Tiger. didn't go that. He, he yeah, really, it was not a voice actor. He really different. But no one's ever asked him to like explain why he horrified children with Lady Elaine Fairchild. She was mean. She was very mean. Um, very scary. Very ruddy. That ruddy face was yeah, just was she, was she obviously she a was drinker. a drunk. She, she was, was a was drunk. A, she was she like was, a bottle of Ripple before she even. <laughs> For breakfast, just a terrible, terrible person. And you know, people say, "Oh, he taught us to be kind." You know, he would, he subjected children to this drunken aunt who was berating them always. Oh my god! I remember that when he would the, the little trolley would go into imaginary land, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think that's maintained its consistency ding, ding. throughout. Yeah. I always felt a little slice of dread down the middle of my soul. Like, a, like oh, no. pang of anxiety. Yes, what like, what's going on? Why do we have to go here? I don't like this place. I liked going to the crayon factory. Yeah. Like, what's going it was on? like somewhere behind me over my shoulder, somebody was dragging something dead through the room. It was just, ah, something's happening. Growing up, there was a, um, I had a Mr. Rogers tape. My parents would pay, play it sometimes when I went to bed. And there was this, it was scared me. Uh, it was like him telling you, don't be scared of the rain and thunderstorm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. just so scary. It, was just, it, didn't, it didn't help. It just made me. Hey, he was more a, scared. He was a Presbyterian minister. He was minister, a Presbyterian right? minister. Huh? Absolutely. Maybe a parallel career oh. path for you. Yeah. I mean, God bless the man. Embrace but, puppets, man. It's the way to go. Yeah. I've, I've seen what McSpeedy? Speedy oh. Delivery? What's his name? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mc, Mr. McSpeedy? Mr. McSpeedy? No, because there was... McPhee? There was Mr. Feely. Was it Mr... <laughs> God, we're getting too deep, and I... I believe there was. Yeah. But, the, but Speedy Delivery. Speedy, Speedy delivery. delivery. Yeah, I saw he, he, like... I was at another ecclesiastical gathering that featured him, so... Wait, he was there? Yeah, he was He's like... Well, I was in Pittsburgh, and he was welcoming everyone to Pittsburgh, because that's where Mr. Rogers was. I'm I'm glad that he was. Uh, no, he's still. Well, I mean, at least of like as of like five or six years ago, he was he was still doing his shtick. I guess they had sprayed that stuff on his hair, and maybe he was much younger than. <laughs> what do you think his like appearance fee is? <laughs> you know, I think he probably signs autographs for a fee. He doesn't take anything up front. You don't think so? No, he has a box of his photos, and that's my. That's you don't think my... he has an appearance fee? No, there's a lot of celebrities who you'd be shocked don't have appearance fees. They just sell their photos. Wow. I would think that speedy delivery guy would not have. I want twenty five hundred bucks. <laughs> I want a trailer. No and, one look at me. Yes. Anyway, uh, we're we're far off the beaten path. The point is, Pastor Dave does not like giant puppets. Giant puppets and Mike schooled us on the devilish origins of, of pu- the dark arts of puppetry. I'm sure I'll be doing a half-hour correction at a future show. <laughs> but for now, don't believe in the multiverse, or at least investigate it further before you do. And uh, we'll be back with another topic on Like Trees Walking. Let's leave you now with the dulcet tones of Dave. I've been greener time and again.
This is not Dave. This is another no, song. I, I have a I have a correction to issue already. <laughs> My YouTube continued to play a new cool in the game. What cool song. the gang song is this? This is uh, everything's gonna change. But Dave, yeah, you'll never change. Thank you. Don't go changing. This is like trees walking. Goodbye.